Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Faith Over Fear podcast. Today's lesson is going to be part two in the four-part series on living intentionally. I heard a story about a genie who appeared and granted a man two choices. The first choice is a million dollars, and the second choice is infinite wisdom. After thinking about it for a while, the man chose infinite wisdom. So snapping his fingers, the genie shouts, infinite wisdom, and he points at the man while running away. Realizing that nothing had happened and that he's just been scammed, the man ran after the genie, shouting, hey, you scammed me. I should have chosen a million dollars. And the genie called back, see, you're getting smarter already. Well, the choices that we make turn out to be pretty important in life, don't they? On my first podcast on living intentionally, I begin a series on what it means to live the intentional life. We determine that being intentional means that we have to have a purpose and we have to be disciplined. Well, today I want us to look at the next step that we need to take to be intentional in our daily walk. We're going to talk about something that all of us have in common. Every single day, each and every one of us are faced with choices. What to eat, what to wear, what to say what to do, how to act. Most of us intend on making the right choices. Have you ever looked at your situation and said, how on earth did I get myself into this mess? Well, many times it all started with just making a few choices. You've probably already made a thousand choices today. You made a choice to get up, a choice to get dressed, a choice to do whatever you're doing right now. The thing about choices is that it's hard to tell when a choice is small and insignificant, and when it's not. On the TV program, Let's Make a Deal, the TV host would often give a person a wad of money and say, you can keep the money, or you can have what's behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. Now, usually what was behind one of the doors would be worth five times the amount of cash they had been given. But often behind one of those doors, there was something worth less than the amount of money that you traded in. Your desire for more could leave you with a lot less. We are presented with hundreds of choices every single day. Now, some choices are minor ones. Which pair of socks should I put on today? Coke or Pepsi? What color car should I buy? Think about the cereal aisle at the grocery store. Do you get the regular Cheerios or strawberry or lemon or with oats or one of the many other options they have now? The average American supermarket carries around 36,000 items for sale. Crest offers 36 variations of toothpaste in your choice of size, shape, and flavor. Even at the checkout counter, you are faced with choices. How do you want to pay and what do you want to put your purchase in? And then we have choices that are major. Who am I going to marry? Which career am I going to choose? Where am I going to live? The choices that we make today have an impact on the decisions we'll be making tomorrow. They establish a pattern and a foundation for our lives. You see, God gives us the freedom to choose whatever our eyes see and what our hearts desire. But we have to be cautious in our choices because even small choices can have consequences. Sometimes choosing between right and wrong is hard, even when the wiser of the choices might be obvious. We'll face this many times in our lives. We know that going to bed on time will pay off in the morning when we'll wake up refreshed. 
But when we're only three episodes away from the end of a really good series, we just want to stay up and finish it. We know that finishing up that project for work and getting it out of the way will free us up for the rest of the night, but we'd rather do something else instead. We know that sometimes there's a time to leave and maybe remove ourselves from a certain situation or from a temptation, but a certain someone is just so much fun to be around. Now, both options in every one of those scenarios have their own appeal, but only one of them is wise. Choice is a gift from God, beginning with his decision to place the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. This gift was passed on to mankind, and the choices that we make daily will shape our future. Choices are so incredibly important. They can lead to victory or ruin in our lives. One wrong choice can have devastating consequences, while a right choice can bring abundant blessings. Ever since the Garden of Eden, God has always allowed man the freedom to choose. Right or wrong, good or bad, we have that liberty. If God would have chosen to, don't you think he could have put the tree of knowledge of good and evil out of reach of Adam and Eve? He, couldn't, he could have hidden it away where Adam and Eve wouldn't easily find it. But there it is, and even though he gave them clear instructions not to eat from it, they had that choice. God gave the gift of choice to mankind. Imagine if we didn't have the power to choose. What would life be like? We'd be a bunch of robots. We would have no freedom. But God, in his wisdom, gave us complete freedom to make choices. God doesn't control us, but he grants us complete freedom freedom, and choice. Now his instructions, just like in the garden, are given to us to lead us to the best life. Some people think that God tosses the rule book at us, that he tries to take all of our fun away, as the world tells us. But his plan is for us to live a full and joyful and happy life in him. When we choose to put God at the center and spend time with him, reading his word, praying, serving him, obeying him, then enjoyment of life will result. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Now, of course, we know that, unfortunately, the first choice made by man in the Bible was a wrong one. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they ate from the tree. This happened because when God gives us the gift of choice, he gives us the power to choose between good and evil. Despite Adam's wrong choice, God didn't take away that gift. He still allows us to make choices, even though they still have consequences today. Adam's choice had both physical and spiritual consequences. Physically, there were punishments like hard work and pain during childbirth. Spiritually, Adam and Eve brought death upon mankind and were expelled from the Garden of Eden. It's kind of like a young boy I heard about who lived out in the country And his family had to use an outhouse, which the young boy absolutely hated. It was hot in the summer, it was cold in the winter, and it was smelly all year round. Now the outhouse was located near the creek, so the boy decided that he'd push it into the water one day. 
So after a, a spring rain, his day came, the creek swelled, and the boy pushed it in. Well, later that night, they were at the dinner table, and his dad told him that he and the boy needed to make a trip to the woodshed. And the boy knew that that wasn't good, because the woodshed meant he was getting punishment. So he asked his father, why, daddy? And his dad replied, because somebody pushed the outhouse into the creek today. And I think that someone was you, wasn't it? And the boy told him it was, but he was quick to add, Well, Daddy, remember when George Washington's father asked him if he had chopped down the cherry tree? He didn't get into trouble because he told the truth, and I just told you the truth. And his daddy said, Well, that is correct, son. But his father was not in the cherry tree when he chopped it down. Well, you see, our choices have consequences. It took Jesus, the second Adam, to reverse these consequences. And when we accept Christ, our position is restored. He takes our sins and he gives us his righteousness. He takes our shame and he gives us his glory. He takes away curses and gives us blessings. He takes away death and he gives us life. This divine exchange occurred at the cross. Therefore, it's essential to remember that the choices we make have great significance. Our choices can also have great rewards. Our choices affect the outcome of our lives here on earth and in eternity. I want you to listen to the words of Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 19 and 20. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. You see, this choice is a choice between life and death, between curses or blessings. Sounds pretty obvious to me, doesn't it, you? We make choices every day, but trusting in Jesus is the only way that we'll ever experience a real, fruitful rock-solid life. He's the only way that leads to eternal life. Choosing any other way leads to destruction and eternal consequences. Choices will move us forward. They help us to grow. Russell, the preacher back at Richland Road Church of Christ, shared a story about a man named John Wesley Powell, who was a one-armed hero explorer of the Grand Canyon. And Powell named a place on the Colorado River Separation Rapid. And that's the place where three men separated from the main party and they attempted to walk out of the canyon by themselves. You see, a major dilemma had gotten them into this situation. The Powell party had earlier lost one of their four boats and over half of their food to the rapids. The rapids that they now faced were more menacing than anything they had previously encountered. And normally they would just carry their, their wooden boats around such difficulties, but here it was impossible. So two choices were available to the explorers. One, they could abandon the exploration and walk out into uncharted and hostile territory. Or two, they could face their fears and plunge headlong into the rapids, trusting themselves to make it. Three men chose the first option, while the seven remaining men chose the second and to everyone's surprise that chose the second option, the rapids only had the appearance of a treacherous ride. 
Within just a couple minutes, they had cleared separation rapids unscathed and with all their provisions. Those three separators were never heard from again. I hope none of you will ever have to make a decision like those men did. But the truth is, we're all confronted with choices that we will be forced to make. Life is a journey, and each and every step is a choice. Everyone has to determine their direction, their destination, and the best way to get there. And then you have to choose to start your journey. And with that comes the beginning of a thousand exciting choices. Now let's reflect on a few important choices that we must make in our lives. Number one, we have to choose heaven as our destination. We have to choose heaven as our destination. Just as we make choices that determine our life on earth, our decisions impact our lives in eternity as well. We put a lot of time and effort into our work and into our hobbies, which there's of course nothing wrong with, but how much time do we give to God? Many young people today put countless hours in training into sports. Many athletes practice and train every day with a small percentage of a chance that they'll ever go pro. But there's a 100% chance that you're going to die one day, and I'm going to die one day, and we're going to stand before God on Judgment Day. How much time do we spend preparing for that? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Every human being is going to live in one of two places, either with God or apart from God. All of us are going to live with God for eternity or apart from Him for eternity because we were made to last forever. The Bible tells us that heaven is a place that's so wonderful We can't even imagine it. It's a place with no tears, no death, no pain, no night, and no impurity. It's a place of rest, of glory, of worship, fellowship, holiness, and reward. Just the thought of heaven as our home should dominate our lives. Number two, we have to choose to follow Jesus. We must choose to follow Jesus. We have to choose to make Jesus a priority in our life. It's not enough to just follow Jesus as part of a crowd, but we must sincerely commit ourselves as his disciples. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, although it wasn't a popular teaching in Jesus' day, and it still isn't today, Jesus taught that there is one way and one way only into heaven. Jesus said there are two gates you can enter. One gate leads to hell and one leads to heaven. Well, sometimes when you have a choice to make and you don't make it, that in itself is a choice. So it's very important that we know how to get to heaven and know how to become a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. That's how we get there. He died and was buried and was raised to life. There's no other religious leader that can make that claim. Jesus has power over death. We have to recognize that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory, Romans 3.23. John 3.16, we have to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Romans 10 verse 9, we must confess that Jesus is the Lord. 
and Acts 2 verse 38, we must turn from our sins, repenting and being baptized into Christ. Jesus said in Luke 9 verse 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. It's not about us being good enough or strong enough or doing enough. It's recognizing that, hey, I'm not good enough, but I have someone on my side who is. Sometimes the choice we end up making might not be nearly as important as our motivation behind why we made the choice. Therefore, there's a few questions that we should always ask ourselves before making a decision. First of all, is this choice pleasing to God? We shouldn't ask whether something is a sin or not. You don't want to push that line. But is what I'm doing going to please God? Is this decision going to be beneficial to his kingdom? In 1 Corinthians, Paul said, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Secondly, would I want everyone to know about my choice? Wrong, wrongly made choices are usually kept in secret. Sometimes it's a no-brainer if it's a right choice or a wrong choice. If somebody believes that something is wrong, then he shouldn't do it because for him, it is wrong. When you're in doubt about a life choice, then there's a strong chance you probably shouldn't do it. Next, how will this decision affect my family, relatives, friends, and even total strangers? For those of us who are living our lives trying to understand the life and the example of Jesus Christ and to live in that example, then we understand how important it is to think of others and the impact that our choices might have on them. And then we should also pray about the decision. In several examples throughout the Bible, we see that before important decisions, Jesus spent time praying. We should always follow his example. Last of all, as I begin to close, we must choose our attitude. Choosing our attitude means that we choose who we want to be in life. Now, we don't always get to choose our circumstances, but we do get to choose our attitudes, which determines our character. The Bible tells us that our thoughts and words have power. Philippians 4 verse 8 tells us to think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Our thoughts shape our words, our actions, our habits, and our character. Therefore, we have to guard our minds and our words and attitudes. Those small choices that we make in life and our purpose behind them will determine the depth of our character. Again, we can't always control our circumstances or situations. Maybe your boss was wrong in the way they handled the situation. But what is your response going to be as a Christian? Your brother or sister was wrong. Your child or your best friend made a horrible mistake and has caused you pain and grief. Now, nobody denies that the wrong was done, but what is your choice going to be? You can become bitter and hateful and self-righteous even. You can blow up in anger and yell and scream. Or you can become Christ-like and handle the situation with grace and truth and forgiveness and humility. The choice is yours. I want to tell you a story I heard about a man and his friend whose name was Michael. Now, Michael was the kind of guy that you wondered, how in the world does he do it? He's always in a good mood and he always has something positive to say. When somebody would ask him how he was doing, Michael would say, if I were any better, I would be twins. Michael was a natural motivator. 
If there was an employee having a bad day, then Michael was there to tell the employee how to look on the positive side of the situation and to be there for him. Now, seeing his style really made his friend curious. So finally, one day he went up to Michael and said, Michael, I just don't get it, man. How can you be that positive of a person all the time? How in the world do you do it? Michael said, well, each morning I wake up and I say to myself, Mike, you've got two choices today. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. And I choose to be in a good mood. Each and every time that something bad happens, and they do happen, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to learn from it. And I choose to learn from it. Every time that somebody comes to me complaining, I can choose to accept their complaining and even join in with them. Or I can point out the positive side. And I choose the positive side of life every time. This friend protested, yeah, right. It's not that easy. Michael said, yes, it is. You see, life is all about choices. And when, when you cut away all the junk, every situation is a choice. You choose how to react to situations. You choose how people will affect your mood. You choose to be in a good mood or a bad mood. The bottom line is, it's your choice how to live life. Well, that friend reflected on what Michael said, and they lost touch, but he often thought about him when he was making a choice instead of reacting to it. Several years later, the friend heard that Michael was involved in a serious accident falling some 60 feet from a communications tower. After 18 hours of surgery and weeks of intensive care, Michael was released from the hospital with metal rods in his back. The friend went and visited Michael several months after the accident. When he asked him how he was, Michael smiled and said, If I were any better, I'd be twins. Hey, you want to see my scars? His friend declined to see his wounds, but he asked him what had gone through his mind as the accident took place. Michael said, well, as I laid on the ground, I remembered that I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to give up. And I chose to fight to live. Weren't you scared, Michael? Did you lose consciousness? Michael continued, the paramedics were great. They kept telling me that I was going to be fine. But when they wheeled me into the ER and I saw the expressions on the faces of the doctors and nurses, I got scared. Because in their eyes, I could see he's a dead man. And I knew that I needed to take action. There was a big burly nurse shouting questions at me. And she asked if I was allergic to anything. And I said, yes. The doctors and nurses stopped working as they waited for my reply. I took a deep breath and said, gravity. And over their laughter, I told them, I am choosing to live. Operate on me as if I'm alive, not dead. And Michael lived, not just due to the skill of the doctors and because God was on his side, but because of his amazing, positive, and fighting attitude. We can learn from Michael that every day we have the choice to live fully. Choice is a gift from God. The choices we make determine our future. It's of course important that we prioritize Jesus, that we guard our thoughts and words, and that we depend upon God for guidance. Remember that even those small choices can have significant consequences. 
Let us always choose wisely and trust in God's plan for our lives. Don't you want to make the best choices in life? I know I do. I want to be a better person, and life choices can help me accomplish that goal, the right choices. So why not do what's best? Why not choose heaven as our destination and choose to follow Jesus? Why wouldn't we want to choose godly decisions and choose a positive attitude? Maybe you're in need of making the most important decision of your entire life, to turn from death to life, confessing that Christ is the Lord of your life and being baptized, having your sins washed away. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Faith Over Fear. Talk to you soon.